God bless you guys. Good morning, everybody. Hopefully everybody is uh, enjoying the worship. And as we were singing right now, moments ago, nothing in this world can satisfy. Nothing in this world can satisfy. I, um, I pray that you meditate upon that, because that is the truth, that nothing in this world can satisfy us. And it, for Jesus is the only cup that will never run dry. Everything else is going to waste away and run dry. And um, so what we sing is a great truth. Uh, let us go to... Um, Let's go to God in prayer uh, this morning and uh, thank him for this day and, and uh, ask the Holy Spirit as always to lead us and guide us into the, the, the sacred scriptures so we can understand them better. And uh, I pray that everybody's ready to worship God through the word um, and that we're able to um, allow him to speak into our lives. For that's what God wants is to speak into our lives and to show us the way to walk day to day. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this day, Lord. We thank you, God, for your goodness, for your grace, Lord. We thank you for the high privilege to worship you. Uh, we have the highest privilege, Lord, to be able to just worship you and worship you and worship you. For that's why we were created. Lord, I thank you for the, um, the ability to meet together. And as we're dispersed in different areas, in different homes, and maybe in a car, in a living room somewhere, or at work, Lord, wherever the saints are gathered, I pray that your spirit, God, will be there with them, Lord, and remind them, God, that you're the God that is present everywhere and that you're with us. And uh, no matter what comes our way, you will be with us and you will strengthen the church. Uh, for the church is the bride of Christ. And, um, and uh, we thank you, Lord. And we pray this uh, just in Jesus' name that you guide us this morning into the truth of Scripture. Amen. Follow me to the book of Philippians chapter 3, wherever you're seated. And um, uh, Philippians chapter 3, and uh, we'll, we're going to focus on verses 15 and 16 today. And we're going to be speaking on pressing on to a maturity in Christ. Pressing on to a maturity in Christ. And uh, I'm going to pick up on verse 12 where we, uh, uh, where we were sharing last week. And uh, just to get the context of the, um, uh, of the letter. Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 says, Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect. But I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude... And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. Another version would say, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. Allow me to um, begin with this uh, a quote from, from, a, from, a song, from a hymn. It says, run the straight race through God's good grace. Lift up thine eyes and seek his face. Life with its path before us lies. Christ is the way and Christ the prize. 
And as Paul was speaking to the church to press on toward this upward call of God, toward the prize, we were speaking last week of pressing on, pressing forward, this one thing, forget the past and move on so we can, we can grow in Christ toward the goal and win the prize. Not only talk about the games, not only uh, watch the games, not only read about the games, not only train for the games, but actually run the race. That's the only way to win the prize. And those who are mature in Christ, Paul says, those who are perfect in Christ, those who are being perfected on the path to perfection, should embrace this view, forgetting what lies behind and pressing forward. He says this one thing, all right, this one thing is what will allow the Christian to truly grow and mature in Christ. Maturity has to do with leaving behind childish things and pressing toward the upward call of God. You know, ma you know, maturity in all aspects, okay, you know, uh, you know, in all aspects does not come by age. We should know that by now. Uh, maturity does not come just because you're getting older, right, or you're losing your hair, whichever one comes first. You know, many folks still live like children. You know, they, they simply are not fully developed and, you, you know, they have adolescent behavior and little understanding of the word called responsibility, right? So, I mean, that's, that goes both ways. That's not just a spiritual thing, but that's also in just an everyday life. You know, Paul says these words in Corinthians. He says, when I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. You know, that's for the first letter of Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 11. You know, when I was a child, all right, you know, there's a time for this. I used to speak like one. I used to think like one. I used to reason like one. But when I became a man, you know, I did away with childish things. You know, for, you know, just for clarification purposes, you know, the, the word perfect that we saw last week in verse 12, and now we're going to see the word perfect again in verse 15, or depending what version you hold in front of you. They're similar, but they're not the same. And I need to make sure that I, I, I emphasize the clarity here. The word perfect in verse 12 that we saw last week, had, it, 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 it's in mind, it, it has in mind to bring to an end the course or the race, to consummate, to reach the end completely, to complete and finish something, faultless. In other words, when you fully arrive, all right, when you're perfect, when you're glorified. And um, verse 15, the word perfect, it, you know, the, the meaning here is in line with maturity. So it, it, it's for those who are mature ought to have the same attitude that I have, Paul says. Those who, are, those who are on their path to maturity, you know, this means to be fully grown, right? To be full of, age, of full age. Specifically, what Paul is saying here is completeness of Christian character. All right, that's the point. Paul is saying for those who, are, who have this completeness of Christian character, your, uh, your, your thoughts, your attitude, your mind ought to be according to what I just said. You know, and it, it, it ought to be in line with leaving behind these things, not counting these things as, 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 as profit compared to Christ. Those who are mature understand these things or those who are on their path to maturity. So God's plan, according to his word, is for the equipping of the saints. You know, for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer 
children tossed here and there by every wind of doctrine. And that's from Ephesians chapter 4. And so what we see this, Paul is, is, is calling to mind here, the Christian must be on the path to maturity. We must press on to maturity in all aspects of life. Spiritually speaking, very important. And just your everyday life, you must be on your path to maturity. You must put away childish things. You know, we must put away things that are holding us back. You know, we must put away uh, 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 the things that we used to do uh, when we did not know Christ. You know, there is a time and a season to be a child. There is a time and a season. You know, there's a time to be an adolescent. You know, there is a time uh, for everything under the sun. Uh, you know, but there comes a time where we must grow and start maturing in Christ. There comes a time where you got to be a man. You got to be a woman. You know, it's not enough just to be a boy and a girl. We got to grow into Christ more. We have to understand uh, him more. You know, we should not expect, you know, a child to act like an adult. Right? That's a mistake that we, we, we do a lot. You know, or an adult to act like a child. You know, we, we should not expect a 10-year-old to act like a 20-year-old. You know, that's something that adults, we, we, we forget. And we cannot expect a 20-year-old to be acting like a 10-year-old and think that's okay. You know, in any natural term or spiritual term, you know, this goes both ways. We have to press on to maturity. And that's why Paul lays hold of that. He says, let us... You know, Paul includes himself, as many as are mature have this attitude, what I just said. You who are on the path to maturity ought to have this kind of attitude. This is how we know when we're maturing in Christ. When we count certain things as loss for the sake of Christ Jesus. If I'm all about this world, well, I'm not technically on the path to maturity. It, maturity in Christ is going to be demonstrated by my life, by my mind. Now, there are many children uh, in the Lord. There is, spiritually speaking. But Christ doesn't want you to stay there. The point is not to stay as a babe in Christ. You ought to grow. We ought to feed ourselves, nourish ourselves with God's word, with God's presence, with prayer, with fellowship. We ought to be constantly growing. Just like we're challenged in, in, uh, in a secular term uh, in school, we ought to be challenged spiritually. You know, we can't just be reading the same stories over and over and expect to grow in Christ. We must dive into the deep waters. And we must grow in Christ and press on to maturity. You know, Paul says right there in verse 15, Let us therefore, because of all that I just said prior, in other words, Paul is now going to bring application to what he has been saying before. You know, Paul's given a list of things, right, in chapter 3 as he's closing the letter, but not yet closing it because he's going to keep going on. And, you know, he, he's about to bring application to these things. You know, the goal of life, the goal of the Christian ought to be growing in Christ. You know, let those of us who are mature or on the path be thus minded. We should have a certain attitude according to what we believe. Again, let me repeat that. We ought to have an attitude according to what we believe and and that's why Paul is pressing this you know a true mature Christian you know will not have the attitude of Mr. Perfect we saw the last week or Mr. Holy Ghost Jr. or Mrs. I have arrived you know we will see the obvious need to press on you know to press forward to allow God to continually change our hearts and work in our lives we will see the need you know, to continuously grow and grow and grow. 
those you know who are conscious of their true condition of imperfection you know will strive to attain this goal you when you're conscious of this when you're aware of who you are not that you're less or that you're more but just who you really are not that not 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 that you're greater or that you're less of anything else just who you are be honest with an honest evaluation you will see the need to press on you know you'll see the need to know more of God you know those on the path uh, to Christian maturity uh, will begin to have a mind and be conscious uh, of the things that Paul has already spoke of right here well let, let me give an example of what he said you know he, he had spoken in earlier in chapter 3 putting no confidence in the flesh you know those who are on the path to maturity understand I cannot perfect myself I cannot grow in Christ by simply having a checklist of do's and don'ts that's not the Christian attitude we ought to embrace the grace of God growing his grace understanding what it means to have a heavenly father what it what it means to uh, what it what, what the work of Christ on the cross actually meant for us you know what does the work of the Holy Spirit mean in my everyday life you know we're gonna be conscious of these things and not put the confidence in the flesh but put our confidence upon Christ put our confidence upon the things that have a solid ground you know other things that Paul spoke about is holding Christ above all personal achievements or accomplishments you know all you know this is kind of like saying all of my assets possessions my accolades my earthly treasures you know are on one side and on the other side is Christ alone saying these are a list of all these things but Christ you know is 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 on a different bracket it's just it's all about Christ and um, you know to learn the meaning between loss and gain what does it mean to lose and what does it mean to gain you know when our value system is off target what we talked about previously you know we're not gonna understand it. when you don't value Christ well you're gonna value other things you know it depends on your value system here that uh, we saw earlier also being found in Christ those who are on the path to maturity want to be found in Christ you know knowing Christ more those who are on the path to maturity you know forgetting the past and reaching forward you know that's part of maturing uh, in this life forget the past you know and move forward we cannot be slaves to the past we cannot be uh, held bondage uh, to the things of the past whether good or whether bad you know we can't live in the fumes of the past like we spoke last week we must press on and grow uh, you know this Christian attitude when, when that Paul says here uh, when he says let us therefore as many as are perfect have this attitude right the word attitude here uh, Paul speaks of the, the word that he's mentioning here it involves the the will of man the affections of man and the conscience of man it's everything they, they have this attitude have this will these affections this conscience when you when you dig deep into this you understand that this is the whole man in other words you know have this attitude it, it involves the visceral and the cognitive aspect of man it's everything it's the whole inner man it's your mind God wants it all we should have this attitude that's according to God's purpose you know in Hebrews chapter 5 um, it, verse 13 and on it says for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he is an infant but solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil 
Therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead works and of faith toward God. You know, when we see this writing, the author of Hebrews, when he writes to the people, you know, the same thing again. You know, those who are mature, it is because of practice. It is not because, uh, not just because it just happened overnight. It is because of practice. It is because of the labor. It is because of what I put forth. That's why you're going to mature. And you're going to have your senses trained. You're going to discern between good and evil. You're not going to be confused between is that really good or is that really evil? Because what God calls good is good. What God calls evil is evil for that, but we must know God. We must be in the word of God. We must be eating, absorbing from that word so we can discern and have our senses trained. So when somebody says something that's offline, immediately something goes off in our mind and says, well, that doesn't sound too right, you know, because we have our senses trained. And then, you know, the writer of Hebrews says, he's, look, leave the elementary principles. You know, it's time to grow. It's not, you know, it, it, you can't, um, you can't just survive uh, on the elementary principles. We need more. You know, for those of you that have been walking with the Lord, you understand this, that you need to constantly be nourishing yourself, constantly. And that's where the author says, let us press on to maturity. Press on more, more and more. Not laying again a foundation. Don't go back and back to the elementary principles. You know, we got to press on and press on. Not that those elementary principles are not important. It is extremely important. But we cannot continuously go back to the elementary principles and think we're going to be growing and growing and growing. You know, think about it, you know, in school terms. You know, elementary is important for the child. But when junior high comes, he should not be going back to the elementary principles anymore. He ought to be at a different stage. And it goes on and on. If you're in the university, you know, and acting like a third, fourth, fifth grader, you know, it wouldn't be right. Well, the same goes in spiritual terms. If we've been walking with the Lord for a certain amount of time, we ought to be living a certain way and have a certain attitude and leaving aside certain things. And so we got to press on to weightier matters. God is big. God is, is mighty. God, the, the word of God is never ending. It's never ending. We're never going to finish swimming in the ocean of the word of God. We're never going to fully understand everything that's in this book. You know, we, 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 we have these divine books that we will never finish. You know, this divine library that will guide us day to day. Our spiritual compass is here. And, but unless we're constantly in this, we're not going to be maturing. We have to press on to weightier matters. You know, don't stop with just faith, repentance, and being born again. You know, although that is extremely important, we got to keep pressing on, keep moving forward. You know, we got to drink of the milk of the word and then move into the solid food as we read right now in Hebrews and grow in all the matters of Christ all of him we, we should know him. we should desire him more as we eat of the word of God we should want more of this our appetite should grow as as I read uh, uh, a certain text of scripture and and I taste the word I should delight in it I should want more of it constantly in my life you know we should read memorize believe John 3 16 and then keep moving on to John 17, 18. Don't stop in John 3, 16. You know, read through the whole Bible. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult to press on toward maturity if your only diet is the verse of the day. 
If my only diet is a verse of the day, you know, I, I, I'm going to be fed. I'm going to have some food. But you're going to notice around, you know, you're going to notice very soon that you're going to need a little bit more than the verse of the day to get you to the next level, to help you understand God more, to be able to deal with the problems that we live in, to deal with the issues that you know you have, to be able to deal with the haters that come your way, to be able to deal with anything that life throws at you. When the storm comes, you want to be ready. You want to be equipped. You want to have, you want to have the, the foundation set. You know, when the storm and the wind and the rain storm crashing in, you got to be ready. You know, you don't want a little umbrella in the middle of a hurricane. You know, it may help you for a little bit, but eventually you're going to get wet. You know, eventually it's gonna, it, it, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna feel the storm. And so we got to be equipped with God. We have to be. Because in the, especially in the days we live in right now, you know, as the world changes daily, we must understand that God does not change. As the world is confused, we must understand that God is not a God of confusion. As the world does not know how to distinguish between right and wrong, God does. You know, all these things, we must look at Scripture and we must nourish ourselves constantly. You know, we need to feed on the bread of life. We need to feed on this bread, this divine bread. We need to drink from the rivers of living water. We need this. It's not a matter if I want to. We need it. We need it. You know, like I've told you guys before, it is, it is wise, it is beneficial, and it is good for you. You know, if you want three reasons for many things. Why should I, why should I read the Bible? It's wise of you to read the Bible. You know, it's beneficial for you to read the Bible. And it's just good for you to read the Bible. Why should I gather with the saints? Well, it's wise of you to gather with the saints. It's, it's beneficial for you to gather. And it's good for you to gather with the saints. You know, why should I do many things? Well, it's, again, it's wise. It's beneficial. It's good for you. You know, what we feed ourselves is going to be the fuel that moves us day to day. What we feed ourselves, what I bring into this temple is going to be the fuel that I have. If you're lacking fuel, well, then feed yourselves the right things. If, if you notice, uh, uh, um, you know, like many people have said this, junk in, junk out, right? If all you're feeding yourselves is social media, the news, the problems, the drama, whatever else you want to tack on to that, well, you're not going to have much strength to press forward. And so you got to understand this. We, we have to grab hold of this truth. And, and, and what we feed ourselves must be more of the Word of God. Well, you're going to understand quickly that you need more of His Word day to day. And you're going to taste and see the goodness of God and experience something more than just routine and religiosity. You know, when you taste and see the goodness of God and you're pressing forward to a maturity and you have this attitude that is conformed to what God wants you to have, you know, you're, you're going to experience something different. This is, the, this is the difference between just being a religious person and just practicing it because I have to, because my parents make me to, because I want to just, I, I, you know, I have nothing else to do on a Sunday morning, uh, you know, whatever it is. No, if you really want to taste and see God, you got to eat of this. You got to drink of this. You have to make this your meal so you can mature and press on. And as Paul to the church, let us who are mature have this attitude. In other words, there are those who are not. There are those who are not, they, they, don't, they don't have this attitude, you know, and so we must press on, you know, and then that's why he says, let those of us who are mature, you know, be thus minded, you know, and if any, you know, and if in anything you are otherwise minded, 
God will reveal that to you. Well, it's God's job to reveal. God will show us and demonstrate how much we need to grow. He will reveal that to us. We will see our need. You know, only God can truly open up the mind, the heart of a person who is not walking accordance to his standard, to his word. You know, as Paul was telling the church, you know, if, if, if you're on another path, you know, or uh, uh, other than that which God has purposed for you, you know, may his spirit reveal that to you. May the Holy Spirit literally convict you and make you see that this is not the path that is going to lead you to life. This is not the path that God wants you to be on. This is not the narrow path. You know, but only the spirit of the living God can do that. You know, and that's why he goes on in verse 16. He says, however, you know, let us, let us keep living by this same standard to which we have attained. You know, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us be of the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. You know, Paul is exhorting the church to keep to the way of Christ. Look, you attained the standard, now walk by it. You know, it's not enough just to believe it. We got to live this. You know, it's not enough just to preach it. You know, this has to be what we truly what we truly show through our lifestyle. You know, the standard was set and cannot be changed. The standard of Christ cannot be changed. You know, we have attained something special of high value. And we must keep the course. Keep the course. Keep walking. Keep pressing forward. You know, walk. Be steadfast. In step with the Spirit. You know, those who are on the path to maturity are going to be in step with the Spirit of the living God. You know, Christians... Don't create a different standard, you know, based on personal circumstances. You know, Paul says, you know, live by the standard that you already attained. You know, we don't change the standard. You know, when the things get tough, we don't say, well, you know, now we don't really need to say all that. You know, now we really don't need to believe all that. Well, now it does. No, we don't change the standard. The standard has been set. The foundation has been laid. You know, we don't go back and tell God, well, maybe you made a mistake. No, maybe we just misunderstood the scriptures. Maybe it's us. You know, a lot of times when we look at scripture, you know, and we don't understand, you know, we have to understand this truth. It's not the scripture that's out of context. It's usually our life that's out of context. You know, and so when we look at it, we're like, you know, I don't know. Well, look at your own life because God did not make a mistake. God has not erred in his word. And so the standard was set. Our standard is Christ. You know, his word, living up to the gospel. You know, as, as you read the Old Testament, you see a pattern of the Israelites that we ought not to fall into. We see example after example after example. There's probably a reason why the Old Testament is so thick compared to the New Testament. There's so much examples that we are without excuse. I mean, look at your Bible. Look at the Old Testament. It takes the biggest portion of the Bible. And it's filled with examples of God's people. Examples like these that the, that the Israelites continuously uh, fell into. You know, um, that God gave them a standard and they wanted to live according to another standard. God told them how to live and they thought that God might have made a mistake and they should live this other way. You know, and what did they do? They forsook the Lord, they worshipped other gods, and then they did not walk in the way of the Lord. Let me tell you these three things. You see this over and over. Read the Old Testament. You know, read, read God's people. What do they do? They forsook the Lord. They say, you know what? Maybe right now is not the time to follow him. It's a little tough right now. And what else they do? When they forsook the Lord, they began to worship other gods. 
They began to worship the God of money, the God of prosperity, the God of comfort, the God of education, the God of passion. Whatever drove them is what they were worshiping. And then what do they do? They just did not walk any longer in the ways of the Lord. We see that kings made the mistake. We see how the people made the mistake. And we see how God brought judgment. And then the people pleaded for forgiveness. And God brought it. You know, God brought peace. And then what did they do? They fell into this cycle. Let us not be on this, on this hamster wheel of sin. You know, we, we must be walking by the Spirit. You know, we must be in step with the standards according to Scripture. For it is God who's going to give us the strength. It is not us. And this is, why, this is why we don't put confidence in the flesh. We don't put confidence in the me, myself, and I trinity. We don't put confidence in, in what I have done in the past, in, in my, in my um, uh, accomplishments, uh, uh, all the accolades that I receive, all the applause. We don't put confidence in that, for that is empty. You know, we put confidence upon Christ, for we will realize how weak we are and how much we need the strength of the living God. You know, and, you know, as in the letters of John, when it speaks of walking in truth, you know, I just want you to hear these words in, in the second letter of John, um, you know, when it reads, I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received the commandment to do from the Father. You know, as John receives news from the church, I was so glad that I heard that people were walking to the standard of Christ. And he says it again in the third letter. You know, for I was very glad when the brethren came and testified to your truth. That is how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children walking in the truth. And, and that ought to be something that, that resonates in our mind that, that there's something that God wants of his children here on earth is to walk by the standards that he already set. Not to change them, not to water them down, not to switch them around, not to cut some pages out of the Bible because some people might get offended, not to stop gathering. Not, no, we must walk to the standard of Christ. We must walk to the standard, the standard of truth, of righteousness, of true love, of true justice, of true equity, of true whatever you want. It comes from the sacred scriptures. You know, living by this standard or by his standard you know, will be done step by step. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, uh, uh, somebody, if somebody does not reach maturity, you know, just by drinking a pill. You know, we, it, it takes time, right? It takes, takes work. Uh, you know, it takes labor. You know, it takes test. The testing's going to come. Uh, you know, the storms are going to come, right? You know, you don't know the true, uh, the true um, worth of, the, of the, the house being built till the storm comes and starts rattling it. And you realize, okay, we need to fix this, we need to fix that. But overall, the foundation was steady, the house didn't fall apart, and we're all right. You know, but that's what happens when the storms come, get ready, you're gonna get, you're gonna get shook. You know, you're gonna get shook, and, and, but it's all right. We stand on a solid ground. You know, Christ the rock. Step by step, remember this, the hill will be climbed. You don't get to the top, you know, just overnight. It's step by step, we'll climb all the way up. Step by step, one goes far. You know, don't get disappointed. Don't get discouraged. Take it step by step. Every single day, add to that, add to that, add to that. Ask God to help you. Tell God, you know, this is where I'm at. You know, I feel stuck. I feel stagnant in my faith. I, I feel that I lack faith. Whatever it is, whatever your situation is. Or maybe you are growing in Christ. Great, praise the Lord. Keep going. 
But whatever it is, go to God and gain strength. Don't put confidence in your flesh. Trust him alone. Step by step, one truth at a time. Remember this. One step at a time, one truth at a time, you will be growing in Christ. So the Proverbs 16.20 says, He who gives attention to the word will find good. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. He who gives attention to this word will find good. If you want good for your life, give attention to the word. For it's the path of goodness. If, if, if you want to find truth, give attention to the word and you're going to find it. Just give attention to this. You know, give attention to it, mature in Christ, allow God to do the work. Allow me to finish again with the, with, with the with this piece of the hymn that I started with and then we'll go into prayer. It says, run the straight race through God's good grace. Lift up thine eyes and seek his face. Life with its path before us lies. Christ is the way and Christ the prize. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, come before you this Lord's Day. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, for we know that our confidence, our strength, our joy is found in you. In the middle of all these things that we live in day to day, as the church is dispersed in different areas, as the church is challenged, as the church is being tested, as the church is being uh, even questioned at times, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will bring us strength, will bring us joy, will bring us peace and comfort. As we are growing in, in, in just in the knowledge and, and, and the grace of God, I pray that you can strengthen your church. I pray as we read the scriptures that you can open up our understanding, remove doubt, remove unbelief, and allow us to grow. Help us lay aside childish things, things of the past, and press on toward maturity. Help each and every one of us, Father, lay aside what needs to be laid aside. Leave the childish things and press on toward the goal, for you are the goal. I pray that you can strengthen the church. I pray that you would just revive us and give us just a joyful heart. Uh, just show us what it means to be joyful through your word and allow us to taste and see how good you really are, how good and tasteful it really is to follow Christ. We thank you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.